the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good morning. Happy day to you. Getting a little bit of a feedback in my headset. Let's see. Maybe that's gone now. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Give me just a second. My computer's locked on me. Uno momentero. Give me just a second. Lulu, lulu, lulu. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big Twitter IPO yesterday. I know um, a lot of people were pretty excited by that. Should you chase it? That's always the question. And there's really, really not a right answer. And what do I mean by that? You kind of have to start categorizing yourself. Are you a momentum person? Are you a trading person? Are you an accumulator? Are you looking for value? Can you label yourself? And are you comfortable with that? So right now, Twitter is at what I would refer to as the speculative stage or hyper-growth phase. The ups and the downs can be painful both ways. Well, it can be exciting one way, painful the other way. But the risk-reward is pretty dramatic. Twitter's down a buck today. Down 2.6% sitting at 43.73. Yesterday, they priced their IPO at $26.28. First trade was around 44 46 It went to 50 Came back down to 45 46 most of the names in that area. Right now, it's starting to look at a price-to-sales ratio comparable to LinkedIn. So you're starting to say comparable, and that's kind of what investing is all about. It's about comps. For everything in the world that you think you are, you don't want to pick one stock. You want to look at three to five stocks and then make a decision. You want to look at similar stocks so that you can make a decision that's informed. So again, Twitter has to stay in the world of social. Social is this idea that we are connecting with one another and we're looking at each other's content. We're not really looking at CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox. We're not looking at the Bible. We're looking at people's interpretations of the news, people's interpretations of the Bible, people's interpretations of their life with their photos. So that's kind of the business model that we're in when we're taking a look at Twitter. You're Understanding it's user-generated content that we all are kind of gathering around and showing our eyeballs to. So Twitter is probably most comparable with LinkedIn, with Facebook. You know, uh, average Americans now are spending 100 million eyeballs, 100 million sets of eyeballs, 100 million Americans are looking at Facebook on a day-by-day basis. Like, that's crazy. More of us than, you know, 
who watch ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox put together. So you start building a case on, like I said, on what I would refer to as comparables. And again, what that means to you uh, is a little bit of homework. I got a question this week from someone who said, how do I analyze stocks? How do I analyze stocks? That's a pretty good question, right? And the answer is you don't, unless you want to take a class in it. You don't just like jump in and say, I'm suddenly going to be very good at this. It takes a lot of work. If you can become a CFA, that's great, certified uh, financial, uh, chartered financial analyst. That's wonderful. I highly recommend. But I don't want you doing this on your own. I, I don't want you thinking that like this is so easy that you're going to go off and do it. To compare companies, compare stocks, you know, some of the things that I would look for, that I would look for, gross margins. I would look at profit margins. I would look at sales, the price of the company, how many stocks are out there versus the sales. I would probably look at some other issues, including, but not, you know, uh, as important, shares outstanding, earnings. I would look at management. I'd look at product. I'd look at cycles. I would look at how the company's done during different GDPs. How did the company do during a recession? How did the company do during 4% GDP, 3% GDP, 2% GDP? Where are we now? So you kind of get the idea, I think. Stock markets had a share of pretty good headlines recently. Twitter being a glorious one. Year-to-date performance by the S&P 500, by the Dow Jones Industrial Average, by the NASDAQ, all pretty good. In the last week, we've seen technology start to really weaken. Uh, underperforming the Dow and the S&P 500. And that's interesting to know. It's not going to be the end-all, be-all of my, my angle. But if I were to want to pick stocks, if I were to want to look at stocks individually, I would learn to compare them. I would learn to look at what's happening. Why is tech falling out of the, in the momentum market? When I'm looking to compare them, I would use a valued source like a briefing.com or a value line, a standard and poor's tear sheet. Um, I'm certainly not going to limit myself to Yahoo. I think some of the biggest mistakes people make is they try to make financial decisions based on free information. I think that's a bit of a mistake. If you have an account at Ameritrade or Fidelity or Vanguard, they offer you research for free online to any company you want to look up. So all you got to do is take the time to look it up and download that PDF and print it and take a look at it. So we got employment report today. Um, that's worthy of note. It was an eye-opener. It was a head-scratcher. It was a stomach-turner. It was all rolled into one. Non-farm payrolls rose by 204000 Private payrolls increased by 212,000, both doubling expectations. Non-farm payrolls for August were revised up. The unemployment rate rose to 7.3% from 7.2%. You're like, oh, I thought that the information was going good. Hourly earnings increased just one-tenth of a percent. The average work week held steady at 34.4 hours a week. How many hours do you work a week? The average American's working 34.4. And as that number creeps up, that's when bosses go, you know what? I do not want my employee to have overtime. I do not want that, so I'm going to hire a new employee. 
and that helps, quote-unquote, unemployment rate. The labor force participation rate dropped to 62.8%, the U6 unemployment rate, which accounts for marginally attached workers and total employed part-time for economic reasons, jumped to 13.8% from 13.6%. So there were some less than impressive headlines, and there were some better than expected headlines. The reaction on Wall Street was negative. There were some strengths in non-farm payroll growth, which led to an immediate deduction. I'm going to deduce that the Fed Reserve might decide to taper its asset purchase program in December or January. Because these numbers look pretty strong. The 10-year treasury jumps pew, straight to 2.73%. Last week it was like 2.5. Pick a side. This is a civil war. 2.5 tells you weak economy. 2.7 tells you improving economy. We can't have both. We need to have the weak economy fight the improving economy in a zombie chainsaw battle to the death. Royale. So, that's where we are. <laughs> the S&P 500 is up 3. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 10. NASDAQ up 24. You can find me online. i got a new website. I'd love your feedback. RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. You can find me at YouTube, Rob Black Channel. It's called Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. But should I be? Welcome back in. Rob Black here. My name is Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Happy holidays. I think we're close enough that we can actually start saying that. That's crazy how fast this year goes. Oh, the things we could talk about, um, including but not limited to the stock market's doing great. And the SP 500 looks to rebound from a 1.3% loss yesterday. It's pretty broad based. What's interesting to note about that is that this market has tended to rally. It's tended to look at weakness as buying opportunities. And I, I, you know, I'm not going to give a bullet shot specific recommendation here and say, I get it. But what I am going to do is say, here's a bullet shot recommendation. I get it. Um, And you're confusing me. Please don't confuse me. The U.S. economy is okay. We saw 2.8% growth in GDP yesterday. I know you're saying, you're losing me, Rob. You're losing me. Hot, sexy knees about to hit the, the, hit the dial. Going to jump to another station. Going to go listen to that little sick, three-foot-tall midget Vinny. No, don't. 2.8% GDP growth. Why is that interesting? Vinny, 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 Vinny. I'm going to hit the button. Well, 2.8% means you can probably get 6 to 10% returns on the market pretty easily. Pretty easily. Because if the economy is growing at that level, corporations aren't drunk. You know, you may think that corporations are evil. You may think that corporations are, you know, mired in this horrible, horrible abyss. But actually, with very high unemployment, they've been delivering pretty damn good earnings. Now, with high unemployment and low cost of money, they've been doing pretty good. So keep that all in mind. Keep that in check. Check, 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 check. Um... So 2.8% GDP growth. Now, yesterday had a misleading number in it. What was that misleading number? It was eight-tenths of 1% build in inventories. And boy, I did not like that. Do you know why I don't like it? If I were to record extra shows, 
hard to sit here today on the clock being paid my minimum wage, and I record five shows. That means next week I don't have to come in. I can do five shows taped, and I can sleep all day but not clock in and not earn money. So that build of inventories, whether it be cars, whether it be groceries, whether it be... You get the idea, right? The work has already been performed. The goods have already been manufactured. The raw commodities that it takes to build that have already been purchased and, and put to place, and it's sitting there. Now, inventories are particularly heinous, in my opinion, for many, many, many reasons. You're waiting for consumers. In the world of technology, inventories are even more heinous because your semiconductor, someone's making a smaller one, someone's making a faster one, someone's making a cheaper one. Smaller, faster, cheaper. That's the name of the game in technology, right? That's right, Jack. Mr. T chiming in with a little uh, opinion. Thanks, T. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. I love my Mr. T. Um... I don't know, did he have cancer? Didn't, like, his mother die? Like, there was all these weird things that, myth or not myth, tied towards uh, Mr. T. Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy, Mr. T, but I dated a crazy woman. And my advice to you and to all of our listeners is, if there's crazy in the family, like if she says, oh, yeah, my dad was kind of crazy, my mom was kind of crazy, if anyone in that family was ever institutionalized, stay away. That is not... I know, pity the fool that, that gets involved with a crazy person. Totally agree, T. Totally agree. We're on the same page. You and I could do a dating show, I think. I think we'd do a, a real nice job of, of figuring out, you know, matchmaking, and we could talk about 21st century love and give advice and help people uh, with their relationships. Come on, you can do better than that. You think I can do better than that? How about a money show, then? Maybe Mr. T, Rob Black, uh, doing money and love in the 21st century. That's uh, right, Jack. And we'll dress as pirates. We'll dress as pirates. That's all I got. So Mr. T. Rob Black going to do a pirate show dressed as pirates, and we're going to talk money and investing in love. So if anyone has questions for me or Mr. T, pick up the phone, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. If you want to talk to Mr. T, you have to address a Mr. T. I have a question for you. Um, there's a viral video right now of people in surgery or people about to have surgery and everyone's dancing to a Beyonce song. It upsets me. I want to see my surgeons not dancing. I want to see my nurses not dancing. I don't want to see rhythm of white people singing a black person song. It upsets me across the board. So keep in mind I'm one of those guys who dances with an overbite. I become overbite, man. And you're saying, ah, I get it now. So the SP 500 is up fractions, uh, the Dow's up. It's nice. Again, we're continuing to buy on weakness. Tesla's a stock that's been in the news recently. Tesla, their third vehicle caught on fire. And strangely, I like cars to catch on fire. Like, that doesn't freak me out because I grew up in the age of Mr. T and the A-Team where every week there'd be a big car crash that ended in an explosion. Um, but Tesla's now had three fires, and what's interesting is that they don't have gasoline in these vehicles. They're electric, so their problems are tied towards the batteries. Now, we've heard the stories, you know, Apple having to go to China and, and basically giving a woman millions of dollars because her iPhone blew up because it's got a lithium-ion battery. We've heard stories about, you know, 787s being grounded because of their lithium-ion batteries. So we know the story that lithium-ion batteries can either overheat, catch on fire, have some problems on occasion. 
it's not widespread. It's a problem. A bigger problem would be that lithium-ion batteries cause cancer and that we can't use them anymore. For the record, that's alleged. But you get the idea. Um, so a couple fires here and there are not going to be a problem. And maybe it creates a buying opportunity. You know, a couple weeks ago, people were willing to pay $194 a share for Tesla. Now it's $136. It's becoming a lot more attractive. As far as the speculative stock goes, it's taken some risk out. 60 points downside has taken some of the risk out. Do you see where I'm going at with this? Are you with me against me? Keep in mind, this is a civil war. I don't have a call screen, just so you know. So you're going to have to tell me if anyone's... Uh, let's go to David in Sunnyvale. David? Hi. Hello, Rob. Hello, David. That is your real name. <laughs> it is, indeed. So uh, you just touched upon something I've been wondering about for a while. When you said 2.8 GDP growth yeah. uh, may be possible to expect a 6% market increase. Yeah. I was always wondering, like, if GDP growth is growing by, or if GDP is growing by 2.8%, doesn't that kind of mean that companies' top lines are also growing by roughly the same amount? No. Or some, it no. doesn't. No. You're, you're talking about what we're consuming, we're talking about what you're manufacturing, what you're putting out, what you're bringing in from other countries. It's, it's, it's many, many things and factors, but I'll talk a little bit about that in things with the call. Um, Keep in mind, oh, where do we even go with this? Standard Poor's is made up of 10 sectors, in my opinion. Certain sectors contribute more to GDP than others. Inventory is a massive miss. Uh, it's not efficient. It's an inefficient tie towards GDP. It, it overstates into GDP when you have an inventory build. We'll talk a little bit about this and more when we come back. We have a hard break here. 800-516-1220. If you have any questions for me or Mr. T, pick up the phone, Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I don't know. I've never trusted the Phil Phillips, the Chris Christie's, the Pete Peters of the world. Like, who names their kids when they have last names like that? Who does that to them? I'm just going to, I just want to have another child so I can have a Chad Chatterton Burton. Chad <laughs> <Is that> Chatterton? <laughs> Future hipster. Yeah, exactly. You know, resole his own shoes, grow a nice thick beard at the age of four. Will he carry around Lots a surface Carry around a surface tablet. <laughs> I'm got a surface tablet. I'm two. How old are you? Two. With a surface tablet. Oh, good God! It's Friday. Can you feel it? Yes. Can you feel it? I that? have no idea why I'm here. Pumpkin latte. Can you feel that? Pumpkin latte? Yeah. Absolutely not. I can't stand anything pumpkin but pumpkin pie. Eggnog lattes. That's my vice this time of year. Really? Just a little. Just one little shot of the short. Love them. That and Jubilee from the Sheets Brewery. Okay. Yeah, that's winner in a bottle right there. I don't drink the beer if I can't pronounce the brewery. The Sheets. The Sheets. Yeah, I can't do that. Bend Oregon. Oh, I think you need to be missing a tooth to say that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so stocks are rising today. Um, Chad Burton, CFP extraordinaire. Um, stocks are rising. It seems like this year has marked any sort of pullback in the market with buyers stepping in and saying, yes, please. So people are using opportunities to get into the market. 
they're not really selling off. They're not. We're not having any blow-off drops in the market. Yeah, I mean, we're getting numbers that are just good enough to kind of test the water in terms of how the market's going to feel about eventual Fed tapering, which is, remember, just less quantitative easing. It's not non-stimulus policy. It's just slightly less quantitative easing. Um, and, you know, you said something last night about right now everybody hates retailers and everybody thinks retailers are going to have a big problem because of the Affordable Care Act. We have yeah. people either paying higher taxes or they're having to sign up for a plan that they didn't have before. And you remind me of the fact that there's so many times in the last 20 years in the, that I've been in the business that the one thing that will surprise you and always come through is the American consumer. Uh-huh. Every time. I mean, it, it just it never fails. So even though I don't expect much out of the retailers because of sentiment right now in the next three to six, there are some out there that, that look pretty attractive. I totally agree. I like the kind of the middle retailer and the upper class retailer. Target? Walmart? Target is a stock that I do now own. Costco? Target's a dividend achiever. Um, Costco, I mean, that's that's just a great, I mean, that's like a dividend, right? It's you, They have so many membership fees. That's where they make all their money. And that's expanding. Um, Target's got the issue that we've talked about with Canada where they open 150 stores there. That cost has been a little bit higher than expected. Um, but, yeah, the consumer just always tends to come through. And the way that this Affordable Care Act um, is playing out, I wouldn't be surprised if they extend deadlines, you know, over a year. I mean, how are people going to get signed up in time to not? That's going to be messy because people have been dropped. <sighs> Can you imagine that? Could you imagine that you're super busy? I mean, you know how busy you and I are right now. Right. And all of a sudden we get a notice that your health care is going to end and you've got two months to try to find something else and sign up for a garbage plan that you can't even access online, that would be really, it's a tough thing. It would be interesting. I haven't had a call yet from anybody on the 1 o'clock show that's got that letter. But I have had a call from somebody that... It's pretty prevalent in the Bay Area because there's so many independent contractors mm-hmm. who have to do their own health care. So. Yeah, and they can't, they, that, those type of people can do a group of one if they have self-employed income and they could have gotten, I believe, the... Uh, health insurance without the pre-existing condition type of situation before. It's people that, let's say you retire early. We've got a client that um, he has type 2 diabetes. She's had breast cancer. They're selling the company early at 57, so they have all the way until 65. Mm. And the the thing that we were struggling with in your retirement plan is how are we going to get the health insurance for these people? How are we going to sell the business yet show them as a you know consultant back to the business so they can still get their own health plan? They're actually going to be able to get their own plan under the Affordable Care Act now and be able to sell their business and retire early because they can get Which that for Seniors or people over 50, it's a great deal, mm-hmm. Obamacare. For people 25, 35, not so good. Yeah, it's not. It's, I don't know where the affordable comes into it. Mm, let me think about that for uno momentero. The affordable. Well, I think the affordable plan. comes in in case you get cancer. Yep. You've got treatment. Mm-hmm. So whereas in the past you got treatment and you basically went bankrupt. I know. And that's the thing is that, you know, you know me as a fiscal conservative. Everybody should have access to some sort of health care and not lose their house if they get sick. But I think the way that this has all been done is... Did you hear Obama chime in? What's that, Obama? What did you say, Obama? True that. All right. Thanks. True that. True that. I got to turn my headphones up because I could not hear Obama. There you go. Um, anything that we need to talk about as far as uh, the jobs report? Did you see it this morning? Unemployment ticked up slightly, even though some of the numbers were great. Some of the numbers were bad. Average work week didn't really extend much. Um, people who are marginally employed continue to extend. People who want more hours continue to be a problem. 
but the unemployment number seven point four percent, not good. Well, on average. Work week holding steady at three point or thirty four point four hours. So you you can continue to get to that below thirty two. That's the cutoff for the health insurance issue. So we're gonna I think we're gonna see more and more of that. Um, but yeah, the the U six unemployment rate, which accounts for marginally attached workers and the total employed part time for economic reasons, jumped. It's at thirteen point eight percent. That's a that's not a good number. That's not a number that creates a middle class. Um, so we still got a long ways to go. Fed's going to be in it for a while. Yesterday we got a surprising number out of GDP that caused the market to sell off initially, a 2.8% read on GDP. In the government's show, slowdown, it was a surpriser, um, eight-tenths of that. So eight-tenths of 2.8 uh, was tied towards an inventory build. Gross domestic product is recognized with final goods and services produced within a country in a given period. Um, it's GDP per capita is not a measure of personal income under economic theory. GDP per capita exactly equals gross domestic income per capita. Um, the numbers that we saw were pretty good, all things considered. A lot of it came from inventory rebuild. That's what I said, though. eight tenths of So that, that's the part that when you have some sort of a major event like a government shutdown, mm. and then we're also at the last part of the year, mm-hmm. um, you can't just take. First of all, these numbers are going to be these, these are numbers are going to be revised four or five times. Yeah, it is. It's you can't you can't deny that it it's, it's, it's the recession. right direction. Right. And that's the thing is that when you get economic growth that tends to hit under two percent two two uh, percent on the GDP, a recession's right around the corner. And so we've almost hit that. And now we're going the other way. So hopefully we get another couple of quarters of that type of a trend. And three quarters is a trend. One quarter isn't. So anything about the holiday? What's, what's that? Are you starting to think holiday? Like, we're done for the year for seminars. That's kind of nice. That is kind of nice. i got to do, I promised, one webinar. Really? So, before the end of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I have to be involved? You just have to call in, say hello. I'm Rob Black. Tell a funny joke and then leave. Can I do like you do and painfully click the mouse? Like, it's not working. Click, 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 click. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> click, 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 click. Oh! And then just like... I, I wasn't aware that I did that, but thank you for telling me. You know what you do that's really annoying? You have a headset... You're like Darth Vader, but you're... Am I, am I a nose breather? You're a nasal or a mouth va- breather. You're nasal Vader. <laughs> Good. Headsets are a pain. And then you have that thing where you don't actually wear the headset on your head because you're afraid of getting... Headset hair. Headset hair. That's so yeah. funny. You don't have enough hair to worry about. It gives me a headache, too, and a jaw ache. When I put it over the top of my head... You are making this up. No, I'm not. You have got to be making this up. <laughs> wow. All right, let's move on. So Tesla... Did you like it at 194? Do you hate it at 136? Um, I talked about this, was it yesterday on the show that um, one of the stocks that people were asking and emailing me most about, and I don't give stock advice over email. I thought people knew that, but it was Tesla. So I'm like, oh, correction's coming. Because every time everybody's asking about the same stock or sector, yeah. the, the correction's right around the corner. Well, this time, I think it's a good correction to have. It's you know, The car's catching on fire. It's not like... They've got a recall. It's not like um, the demand's not there. So they can't manufacture these fast enough. Now, the valuation, $16.5 billion for a company that delivers 5,000 cars. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But with that said, it is a car of the future. Unless GM or Ford can come up with something comparable, which I have to assume that they will. Yeah. It's the teeter-totter. Can, tw- can Tesla make them fast enough before the competition can catch up? And with that type of style, you know, I mean, it's a sweet-looking car. Well, there's there's great cars out there. 
I mean, there's like a, I, I don't. I'm not a car guy, but a Lamborghini's got to be pretty nice, right? Um, I've I've ridden one. Yeah, and they're they're not the most comfortable cars to ride in. Okay, and they're super super fast, and you know, there's a whole group of people that love them, but okay, I, I'm not that I'm Porsche. There's 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 well designed gas cars, right? Yeah, I'd say a Ferrari would be a better okay. feel, handle, and ride. So at some point in time, the gas people are half going to figure out that we can do this electric thing. Just right, they're going to figure it out. Yeah, they probably already have. They're just waiting. Yeah, I want Apple by Tesla. I know. I know it sounds crazy. Well, cause, yeah, because you got Google, and they're going to have the Google Drive, the Google Car eventually, right? Get on board, Apple. I know. There you go. So I can't wait. For Musk would Drive. never sell the Apple. He's yeah. never going to sell. Why? Maybe he would. I think he wants to go on to the next big thing. I think Apple is manufacturing the bullet Apple train or whatever he wants to do. Well, he's got SpaceX. He's mm-hmm. got um, Solar City. He's got other projects that he can do. So he just bought someone's uh, six and a half million dollar Beverly Hills home. So he's got things to do. Yeah, he's busy. So eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in there. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Anything you want to talk about? You can. We can talk about the S P five hundred is in that rebound mode where it seems to be buying into any dip in the market. I find that intriguing that the market just won't correct. Uh, next year, U.S. GDP over 2%. It creates a field where we can win. World growth over 2% creates a field where Wall Street can win. I'm not going to doubt Wall Street. I'm still long this market. Sometimes I get a little more defensive. Sometimes I get a little more aggressive. But I'm definitely long this market. Let's take a break here. Take a moment to reflect, maybe line up some phone calls for Mr. T or Mr. B, Mr. Chad Burton, Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So Mr. B. Eerily close to Mr. T. That'd be an awesome radio show, the Mr. B and Mr. T show. <laughs> That's right, Jack. The two of you could certainly pull off a show on dating and love in the 21st century. I'll, yep. I'll step throw, aside. Throwing a little money in there. Oh, I'm a Mr. B, too. I didn't you even are. think about that. Double B and Mr. T? That's the next best show on radio. That's right, Jack. That's right, Jack. Did you see who rang the Twitter bell yesterday on the NYSE? Uh, yeah, some girl that raised $100,000 in a lemonade stand. Do you know, do you know who she is? No. She's Vivian Her. She's from the city of Fairfax in Northern California. She did a lemonade stand when she was eight years old. On she's called Take a Stand. Um, basically, she brought a lot of awareness through Twitter to human trafficking. She wrote a pretty sweet letter to the founders of Twitter yesterday because they took her and Sir Patrick Stewart and one other person who I can't seem to remember, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but they took three of their most influential users and let them ring the bell. Um, but she wrote a pretty sweet uh, letter to the founders of Twitter where she goes, uh, Mr. Stone, I'm Vivian, I'm nine. Thank you for inviting me to your special day. Thank you also for Twitter because Twitter, you don't have to be big or powerful to change the world. You can be just like me. I'm ending child slavery with a company and will you stand with me? 
uh, Foundation. Thank you ever so much, Vivian Her. So, um, I kind of like human trafficking. I kind of like child slave, slavery. Child. I do. <laughs> I just heard the cancel button. <laughs> well, <laughs> Did you hear that buzz out in the hallway? You're done. You, you have to have inefficiencies to create efficiencies. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, I'll listen. Keep going. So you have to have factories in Asia where children and women can be bullied and intimidated to work 24 hours straight to use their small hands to put together my iPods and my Nike shoes. Uh, men won't stand for it. They're too big. They'll fight back. So you have to have low-cost labor in Asian countries so that I can have my Nikes at a cheap price and I can have my iPod. Well, you, I think your point is that you almost have to have eventually that industrial revolution for that country to get to the next step. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm saying. Okay. Sarcasm. I'm sarcasm. It, I'm bring it back. But uh, do you remember when we used to talk a lot about Stephen Roach? No. Um, what is he? Morgan, St- Mor- yeah, Maryland, Morgan Stanley, right? Probably both. And he used to say it so well, and it's it, it's only a matter of time is what he used to talk about, that when we had all of this outsourcing going on yeah. to India and China, it's only a matter of time before that doesn't work anymore because eventually people, they the more money they get, the more higher wages and more fairness that they get. So a what great example of that is when you and I were kids, our toys were made in Japan, then they were made in Taiwan, then they're made in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, as countries catch up and give livable wages and salaries to people, um, our cost of goods goes up, and our companies try to figure out a new way of getting low-cost goods. Yeah, and here's what's going on right now. I mean, a lot of that it went out of China. It went to India. And now China is dealing with some wage inflation. So even though their economy is growing much faster than ours is, they have wage inflation issues to deal with. We don't. Um, that went to Indonesia. Indonesia is having inflationary issues because of the currencies flowing out of emerging markets. A lot of that's going to Mexico now. And Mexico has a new president. And what this guy has done is actually pretty amazing. So Mexico is going to be a spot, I think, for a lot of growth. They're really focusing on safety. And what they're doing is the old president used to go out and kill the head of the cartel. And then there'd be a bloodbath as a result. This guy's arresting them. And he's doing things like letting them think they snuck a cell phone in. And just monitoring all the calls and then going out and arresting other ones. So by keeping the don't, cart- how, don't say that. <laughs> well, it was You're already the it's already in the news, so I think that one's a bit played out. Um, but this guy basically negotiated with all parties around the clock the first six months of his presidency to get a pact of growth out of Mexico. And, I, and I've seen a lot of uh, emerging market managers start to move money over into that area. I was a little upset with the president of Mexico because he recently passed that sugar tax. On sodas. So there's uh, basically Mexicans have that cliche of being fat Mexicans because they drink too much soda. And now it's just going to be Americans that are fat. We're going to be the last fat nation in the world. And I'm yeah. pissed about that. I know you, you, you get that whole argument. It's such a hard deal of, of nanny state yet. I mean, the things that, that really break the backs of Medicare and Medicaid are things like diabetes yep. and just people that are, are in poor health and they haven't saved. And we, we talk about that statistic that 53% of Americans is right now it's a statistic that once they retire are going to have a much lower standard of living. I think it's much higher than that. The oh, average, yeah, much higher. When the average 401k balance for people over 55 is $120,000, that is basically one-tenth of where it should be if they want to retire at 65. You're bumming me out. It, it's tough, man. It's, it's you know... It's, we see and we deal with clients every day that have the money to be able to, yeah, to retire. Right. And, but we then forget there's most such about. a small percentage yeah. of the popula- population these days. Yeah. You've got to say, they got to take it. You can't depend on the government for this stuff. What I was really surprised about is I'm putting together some research for uh, millennials right now. 
mm-hmm. and they just don't want to start the 401k. Like they won't touch it. They don't want it. They don't. They don't trust it. They don't do the match. They'd rather take their whole paycheck. There was a guy at UPS. I, I, I've not seen that. This is this is fantastic. There's a guy at UPS that his coworker didn't want to work triple time because he didn't want to pay taxes. So there was a holiday recently that UPS pays triple time, and he's like, I'm making the equivalent of $200,000 a year today. He loved paying the extra taxes. The, his coworker's like, I don't want to work today because I pay extra taxes. <laughs> and the other worker's like 21, 22. So he yeah. said the millennial just doesn't get it. So See, I, I don't know. What I'm seeing is that there's a lot if a lot of uh, clients' kids and, and grandkids that are, you know, getting a job and saving, they're really focused on putting a, a money away. Maybe it's Again, just, you're talking about the affluent. Well, you're people affluent, that talk to their kids about it. Your affluent clients have affluent children. So but, what do you call it? Like, so the millennials right now, 22, 23 years old. I mean, what's your definition of the millennials? 18 to 32. 18 to 32. These are the people that have had information at their fingertips, and it's also they've had the information at their fingertips through the last decade of a you know, tech bubble, credit crisis, real estate bubble. So. Google millennials and investing. It'll shock you how they just don't have faith in the system. They don't have faith in the stock market. The whole Sad. what was the Occupy Wall Street thing? They think that's true. They think that message is you can't trust banks. Yeah, that's yeah, and high frequency trading. They hear these stories, things like that. Yeah. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. He's got affluent clients. That's what we learned this segment. <laughs> Probably not much else. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back with our do Roberto Negro e Doleros. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, finances, and more. Sitting in studio with me today, CFP, Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, also a host of the hottest show on KDOW from 1 to 2 p.m. It's definitely the best show on KDOW from 1 to 2 p.m. Yeah. Um, Although I do like the Bloomberg News Minute. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a show. That's a segment Uh, in the show. New Focus on Wealth. How's that working out for you? It's a lot of work. You You like radio a lot more than I do. Do you still like the title, New Focus on Wealth? Yeah. You'd be asking me if I like the name of my company still. I just the whole new focus thing. It's a new focus, a brand new focus. Oh, I thought it was GNU, like that GNU? animal, like the llama animal. Wasn't that the was the GNU the one that um, used to try to trick Superman on the Superman cartoons? Do you remember that? We had it was Mr. Mixelflix. Oh, and that's right. He had to say his name backwards. Yeah, and you think GNU was um, Flintstones? Oh, that's right, the great GNU. Oh. Gosh, yeah, I need to watch more cartoons. You know, still one of my favorite moments of childhood comes from the Flintstones. What's that? When him and Barney are in the desert driving, and they come up to a little river, and uh, it says Grand Canyon on the river, and Fred says to Barney, it doesn't look like much now, but in 2,000 years, it's going to be pretty special. I remember that. So. It's looking at a little stream. They're on their way to Rock Vegas, which is even the better part of it. I think Frank Sinatra was on that episode. Why did they ever try to bring that movie to real life? Yeah. It kind of worked with Scooby-Doo a little bit, I guess. But It's interesting, because I just recently saw, um, not Colbert, the other guy. Um, Stewart. John Stewart. John Stewart's interviewing John Goodman. Mm-hmm. And he said, everything you've been in has been great. And he's like, you sell everything. You are such, you're the perfect actor, because you and Brian Cranston, everything you are in is fantastic. I'm like, he forgot all about the Flintstones. Mm. He forgot. Everybody's got one, though. King, right? Ra- King Ralph? He forgot about that one, too. <laughs> He's been in some bad movies. Uh, he does take a lot of roles. 
there you go. So he's good with the uh, the Coen brothers. So, which some of our favorite movies, The Raisin Arizona's, The Blood Simples. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, brother, where are thou? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, another great line from Raisin Arizona. I'll take these here huggies and all the money you got in the drawers. So, <laughs> thus highlighting the cost of diapers as being very expensive. Yes. Yeah. So CFP Chad Burton, myself, running through the show today. Um, stocks rising, better than expected jobs data. The jobs data is mixed, the way I see it. There were some positives, there were some negatives. I'm not going to go as far as to say there was some, you know, best of times, there was worst of times. Um, the numbers that you like were the private payroll increases, uh, 212,000. Expectations were for 110. Non-farm payrolls rose to 204,000 from 100,000. Expectations. Uh, but then the average work week, eh, hourlies worked, increased, eh, unemployment rates at 7.3%. Those were not good numbers. So the market is rallying. And, again, it's good that we, our jobs are okay. They can be a heck of a lot better, which, you know, corporate profits in the jobs market right now, I think are, you have to give corporate profits an A+. And what would they be if jobs picked up and unemployment dropped? You have to imagine they're all positioned to the pull in the money rake. Yeah, I mean, they've... Ray Lucci had buckets of money. I've got the money rake. And I've got a wheelbarrow for you to rake the money into, so I have wheelbarrows of money. And i got the money rake. Right on. We got this handled. Um, Blended revenue growth, 2.9%. So I posted at the New Focus Financial Group Facebook page, and I'll send a tweet out with this link as well. Um, I love Faxit for... Faxit as a company. So you have two main places that investment advisors go to for financial data at their fingertips, FactSet and Bloomberg Terminals. And FactSet, I think, does a great job at their earnings insight. It, it, every week they do an update of what's going on during the earnings season. And so they'll tell you, I mean, you can click on this link, download the PDF, and it shows you that, you know, we've had earnings growth of about 5.3% or so. Um, and the revenue growth was a bit better than expected, too. And then they go through a breakdown of each of the sectors and show you, you know, which which sectors really have revenue growth? Because what's going on? And you had a caller in the before asking, I think, um, you know, just if their earnings go up by six or seven percent, does that mean that their revenue is going up by six or seven percent? Absolutely not these days, because you can do things that affect your earnings per share without having the same revenue growth, like buy back your own shares, like refinance debt, um, all sorts of things that can make your earnings per share look better. And eventually that will fade. You can eventually only do so much cost-cutting, debt refinance, until you've taken advantage of the low interest rates, bought back enough of your own shares. Eventually you have to have the revenue growth. So some of the sectors that have the highest revenue growth, you've got healthcare sector, 5.6% revenue growth. Um, biotech, 15%, although that's a sector that's gone so far so fast, it's kind of in a corrective phase. Healthcare providers and services, 10% revenue growth. The only industry reporting decline in sales in that healthcare sector is the healthcare equipment and supplies industry. So that could be temporary because some of the some of the taxes that are under the Affordable Care Act for like hips and things like that, that's been an issue. Medical uh, devices. The, medical devices, yeah. So we are looking at a forward PE ratio right now of about 14.8. And you usually don't see a bubbly market until the forward PE you know, gets to the 17 to 20 range. So you've got some room to push up if revenues continue in the right direction. I think we had a little bit better revenue growth than I had expected overall in the market. What pulls that overall number down is, is the revenue decline in the energy sector because of oil prices falling. So it's, it's such a great report. So read that, and you can kind of get a real update on what's going on sector by sector um, in the economy. I think one to watch out for is uh, financials. 
you know, we need interest rates to be higher and financials will start to look pretty darn attractive, I think, in the long run. I think financials, and again, I speak in broad paint strokes. You're a little bit more of a, a fine, refined painter. Um, I'm a paint-by-numbers kind of guy. I think financials, unless we get them going, the economy doesn't go. If the economy goes, financials go. Yeah, it, well, that's why they need higher interest rates, so they have, a, they have a reason to loan some of the cash that's on their balance sheets. But, I mean, look at how fast these companies, these financial companies like Wells Fargo, are reacting to changes in what they deal with. So they get a huge increase in mortgage refinances. Yeah. And almost before the numbers came out on the major declines, they had already axed a ton of their uh, mortgage processors. They're not stupid. They are, they're very smart. Now, is that sad at the job level? Of course. I actually know people that work there. A good friend of my mom's got laid off after you know thinking she had a job again. And so that's sad at that front, but as a stockholder, yeah. like, great, because that affects my earnings per share. Even though their revenue might be flat or decline, they, they do things the right way. You could have more earnings per share, and that's what eventually drives stocks is earnings per share. It's also an interesting note that Wells Fargo recently got into high-end credit cards. It's the one thing that they've been missing. Um, is the, the banks have been very, very component, mm-hmm. and they're adding that component to their, their portfolio as a way of – Obviously, making some deal right me when you charge people 12 to 18% to run their credit, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty insane. But still people out there, even after the credit boom, a lot of people, I'm never doing credit again. Some just don't care, and they'll charge it right back up and do a second bankruptcy in 10 years. Yeah. We're not looking at a good world. During the break, you and I were like, let's move to Belize. Yeah. So do we, do we go together? Is that kind of like a bro thing to do? I think we need, like, here's a house, and then somebody else's house in between our house, and then your house. <laughs> You and I would not vacation well. You happen to walk out of your deck and, no, and never mind. And <laughs> it's the glare I'm worried about. <laughs> what you don't want to do is go to the beach with me because little kids trying to push me back in the water. <laughs> Save the whale. Save the whale. He's dying, Daddy. He's dying. <laughs> He's still breathing though. <laughs> I resemble that remark and I hate that. Oh. 800-516-1220. If anyone wants a call for CFP Chad Burton, it's CFP Chad Burton sitting in, talking money, talking business. You can find him online. At newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can find me and my new website. It's Purdy. It's a pretty new website. It's rated number one most prettiest new website. You can find that at robblack.com. 800-516-1220. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. With love. The Mugwaz. Just throwing it out there for you. The Mugwaz? Yeah, the band. Oh, I thought Mugly? I'm thinking Magwai from Gremlins. <laughs> Where are we going with this one? Just run it out there. So this is the Christmas gift I've got for everyone this year. Perfect Polly. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I was up late one night, and this infomercial for per- Perfect Polly came on. So the bird moves its head, right? I got the video going. Ten dollars. It's the perfect gift for everyone. 
Do you know as soon as you have anything mounted on a shelf or a wall that has a motion and, and then an animal sound that comes out of it, you're look, redneck? Look, no, <laughs> perfect Polly. The old mom's sitting there knitting. When are you moving to Stockton? The, look, he's 6.6 .6 inches long. Rob, when are you moving look to Stockton? Look at that beautiful paintwork. Yeah. Next thing you're going to be giving the salmon on the wall that you wave your hand by it, and the salmon sings a look, song to you. The real parakeet looks at it and says, you're more cool than me. The kids love it. You know, some people, they post stuff on Facebook to get yeah. as many likes as they can to make them feel so better about themselves. It's a great, a great companion for your pets. Or people that need to be told they're really cool all day long. So the reason I bring this up, <laughs> the reason I bring this up is, first and foremost, I really do like Perfect Polly. Um, <laughs> PerfectPollyPet.com, PerfectPollyPet.com. But um, my mom, when I saw this commercial, it was like probably one in the morning. I was probably... Drunk on the couch, kind of sleeping one off. You can't something. get this for your mom. She has. Doesn't she have dementia? My mom doesn't have dementia. What are you talking okay, about? <laughs> I thought your mom had dementia. She had a couple strokes. Okay. It's, a talking bird freaks people out when they have dementia, just so you know. It keeps her company so I don't have to. Do you see what a perfect son I am? <laughs> Why travel to see mom when I can give her a perfect poly to keep her entertained? In some cultures, they take care of their parents and, you know, they live with them. It's, you know, they live with the oldest son, right? You hit your mom <laughs> no chance. A talking bird. <laughs> For $10. You must try this. You must try this. I think right. it'll change your life. So, um, so Twitter's down 5% almost. Yeah, but before I give up on <laughs> Speaking Perfect of Polly, birds, Twitter, yeah, tweet, tweet, tweet got gotcha. you. There you go. The reason I was going to bring up Perfect Polly was there are a lot of people who, my mom's retirement is living off my dad's pension mm -hmm. and sitting at home watching TV waiting to die. Um, and it's been that way for 10-plus years at this point in time. And it's kind of tragic. That's not what it should be. And it's tragic because she obviously doesn't listen to your show because you just said that. <laughs> well, she's in Virginia. I'm not going to... She can't hear me. I listen online. You think my mom has internet? I don't know. She doesn't have internet. No. Mm. That was one of the more interesting things that came out of this earnings season from um, Charter Communications is that people are starting to cut not only their cable subscription but their mm -hmm. broadband subscription. And they're saying, you know what, I get a... I go to Starbucks once a day. I still will do all my emails there. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Save 60 bucks a month in broadband connection. Especially if people are retired and they don't have, you know, we're in an industry where they want something now and you have to give it to them now because they know information and email, everything's at the fingertips. So once you're retired, if you don't get back to an email in the first 24 hours, big deal. So you could. You could go download them all at Starbucks. Do you know who's cutting the, uh, the go subscriptions? Home, respond, and then load them back up later. The people who are cutting the subscriptions are the millennials. Mm -hmm. They don't have the money. You got twenty percent unemployment rate, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it, well, good idea. Good idea or bad idea to save money? Cut the cord, cable TV. Yeah. Okay. Would you I mean, do, would you ever do it? I don't think people under my age really watch cable that much. They watch everything online. Okay. So I mean, do your, do your kids watch everything and, online. Yeah. Okay. Which is make sure. I mean, if you don't have some sort of an online, you know, monitoring system. Do you have an online monitoring yeah. system? Yeah. What is it? Um, I use uh, <laughs> I use the Microsoft one, so I get a report emailed to me um, on a weekly basis automatically that says, you know, what, were any sites did the kids try to access any sites that they shouldn't? And if your kid's accessing YouTube and you're not monitoring that, you know how much garbage is on YouTube that you got to be careful of. So, like, if your kids went to a porn site, that would be it would be blocked. It's blocked. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, my 14-year-old son that has an iPhone, my old 4, yeah. or 4S, uh, you know, I've got all the parental controls on that, so he can't access 
hardly anything. He gets a little frustrated on that, but hey, so be it. 14-year-old shoots dad in face. Wants unlocked phone. <laughs> I can already see the headline, right? Shoots dad in face. Well, I work in news, and the headlines are a lot worse than that. Yeah, I, w- I couldn't work in a basic news channel like you did. Oh, it's the most horrible thing. No, it's very depressing. The one that got me last week was the dad who got drunk at Buffalo Wild Wings, and his son drives him home, and he wants to go back out, so he pulls out a gun and shoots his kid. And the quote was, I just killed the thing that I love the most. Like, that is just tragic. A dad shooting his own son. Why would you even tell me that? That's just as tragic as, did you hear about the hunter that fell off the deer stand? Yeah. I did that story yesterday on your show. Ugh. And, and he's got a pregnant wife. He's 33 years old, falls off a deer stand, becomes a quadriplegic, and decides to end his own life. But it was so quick. You know what I mean? And the, so the issue is that everybody needs an advance directive, whether or not you have an estate or not. I'm sure you did that, that story. And that's if you become incapacitated, do you want feeding tubes, do you want breathing tubes, and things like that. And people have the ability to refuse health care if they're of sound mind. Right. But... When you wake up immediately after essentially an accident like that and you're paralyzed from the neck down, can you really, in your sound mind, make a decision as quick as he did? I mean, shouldn't you give it a couple of months or something like that? I just I can't believe he has a kid on the way that he'll never even see. Yeah. Now, in, in your mind, if you thought about it a long time, you could see both sides of it. Absolutely. You could say, okay, well, I'm going to be a drain, financial drain, or whatever it may be. If you didn't have disability insurance, if you didn't have those types of things that people okay, need. My, my horrible story. Oh, your horrible so story. sad. I got another horrible story. You're okay. not the woman who put kids in a blender and drank them? Don't. You, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh I just made that one up. I was trying to top you. Okay, let's let's move on to a happier subject. Happier subject. So that's why everyone needs disability insurance. Had that guy had disability insurance, it's not really a question of financial drain. It's actually something maybe to potentially take care of his family and mm-hmm. life insurance. Maybe he had life insurance and... Well, that's that's what I was going to go on to, is that maybe he just thought of it as, a, you know, if I pass away, there's an insurance benefit, I'm going to be sitting in a bed, I can't move. I, it's just the people that are paraplegics, quadriplegics or whatever, I mean, that's that's uh, they're speaking out because they're like, you know, we have, we can have, you can have a good life, and you can't really make that decision so immediately after an accident like that. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's just a crazy, crazy thing that happened. And it happens all the time. That's the thing that, that I think most people don't see. Working at news, how many people I see accidentally get hit by cars mm-hmm. regular basis? And most of the time, it's a, you're living. So people buy life insurance first because it's such a dramatic conversation. Right. If you die, you're no longer there. You need to take care of your family. It's so much more likely you're going to spend some time disabled. And the good thing about disability insurance, you can't really be oversold right. disability insurance because none of the insurers want you to be want it to be attractive for you to act like you're disabled. So usually they insure 60-70% of your income and that's it. Yeah. I actually have a story about people with disability insurance acting disabled. Uh, we'll hit, yeah. yeah, we'll hit that one when we come back because that's actually worth it. And I actually have a really funny story tied towards the Oregon Ducks last night. Uh, don't, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about that. No. We'll talk about that when we come off break, Stanford whooped them. Sort of. <laughs> Mugwai. They whooped the Mugwai. <laughs> Mugwai. Listen to Chad Show today from 1 to 2. We focus on wealth. I'm Rob Black. Rob Black, your money. AM 
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black. My name is Rob Black. SP 500's up 12. Playing with record territory. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 74. Playing with record territory. NASDAQ sitting at 39.02 up 44. All three indices higher today. Tech has been pulling back a little bit recently. Uh, more so than any other sector. There's a big story out there about President Barack Obama apologizing to people losing health coverage. Um, I take more than an apology. I could not imagine having my health coverage lost. That insurance of in case something happens, ultimately I'm pretty happy with my insurance, but I'm also pretty sad with my... You know, I, I learned a great lesson this week, Chad, on insurance. If you or your family member ever goes to the hospital, um, bring a pad of paper and write everything down. And when you're done with the hospital, ask for a bill, and they'll give you a bill. And that's how you make sure that you don't pay too much. That's how you make sure that all the tests that were administered were paid for kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that came to me from a nurse. Um, great piece of advice, though. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're doing the high-deductible type of plans, mm-hmm. especially with an HSA account, and you're on the hook for the first 4000 5000 whatever it is for your yeah. family, that's, that's key. And also ask for discounts on cash payments. A lot of the, a lot of the hospitals would give an automatic 10% off if you pay them right away. Okay, so my story that I wanted to bring up on disability, and I'm surprised by this. There's someone at the news station that I work at who was asking me about disability insurance. And she said, I know a lot of women who, when they're pregnant, they do bed rest and they get disability pay because they're on bed rest, but they're not really on bed rest. Supposedly a lot of women do this. Yeah, and you know the first place that investigators do when they're investigating every single disability claim that's out there? What's that? Go to Facebook. There you go. (laughs) So if you're going to do it, you might want to shut your Facebook down. I've actually got, got a friend that that's... Oh, there's a call in the air. Let's go <laughs> to Mr. Telephone. <laughs> hello? <laughs> yeah, hello. Please, don't mess this up. Yeah, I'll do my best. You're on the air. Yeah, yeah I've got a question. I guess it's mainly for Chaz. Um, Chaz. <laughs> you messed right. it up. <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> Chaz, palmetary. What's better, hey, Chad, Chad or Chaz? I was wondering what... What's a good criteria for when someone would seek out a financial planner? You know, there's probably not like a one perfect kind of scenario. Just if there's different situations, you maybe you see. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. Let's talk about the type of financial planning. I mean, the type that I don't do, for example, is when people are having issues dealing with budgetary problems, like they can't seem to have a track of what they spend, creating a budget and a savings plan when they're younger. And there's certain sites out there like LearnVest. That's that's what their planners kind of do, and you can do monthly subscriptions to ty- to do those types of things, or even Dave Ramsey's envelope plan. Um, in terms of a financial planner and a money manager, I like people to make sure they're saving at least 250 grand before they really hire somebody. And the reason why I say this is because your first 250 should be in things like index funds, total stock market funds, and building that base. A, a person could put 17,500 into their 401k. And then they can put $5,500 into a Roth IRA. And you can do that on your own without a financial advisor in index funds or ETFs at Schwab and TD Ameritrade that don't even have a transaction fee. So a lot of it you can do just on your own. Save, save, save. That's what's important. You can't make a lot of investing mistakes if you're going, you know, 70% U.S., 30% international, and you just build up your first 250 in that. 
that's great before you hire a financial advisor. Then eventually you get to that point, you've got kids, you've got insurance issues, you've got tax issues, um, and then you get to the point of when can I retire? You need to do longer-term, very detailed cash flow-oriented projections, and that's usually when you need to start getting a, a financial advisor, a person that charges a, a fee to do the plan and an annual fee to, to manage the assets. Very good. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the call. So, okay, here's my organ story. And we have open phone lines. If anyone wants to call in to Mr. Phone, 800-516-1220. Okay, so I have a neighbor who is a big organ fan. He's total Pacific Northwest. Recycles everything. He recycles recycling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he smokes a little weed. He's got some plants in his backyard. So he already said he's from Oregon, so you don't have to say that other part. I know, right? <laughs> I just For those of who are innocent ingenues out there who knew the great canoe, who <laughs> GNU snowboards, the great Gazoo, as Mike Vieser corrected us on Facebook. But no, the great GNU is actually the in Fred Flintstone in India. He meets the great GNU, and him and the great Ganesh get together. <laughs> okay, so neighbor from Oregon, right? Right. Huge Oregon football fan. So he's crying last night. He so burn anything down. He invites the whole neighborhood. He's like got extra tickets to the Stanford game. So I know he's gonna be. Tailgating. I'm gonna be tailgating all day. So I said to my other neighbor, I said, let's go steal some pot plants. <laughs> Attention. Attention. Police officers, Rob has pot at his house right I now. I do not I actually don't. Oh, I don't. Okay. But um that doesn't work for me. I'm like but the point being is he broadcasts to everyone that he has this and then he leaves town for a long period of time. Like, of course people are gonna break into his house. That's my advice. Never tell people you're going on vacation. Yeah. It's, it's it's amazing what people will do and claim and then post the opposite on Facebook and social media and think that investigators are going to look the first thing, the first place there. Um, I've seen statistics where Facebook comes up in 70% of divorce cases right now. Is that right? Yeah. I knew it was high because I've seen some of the U.K. statistics on it. So what's coming up on Facebook? Just inappropriate messaging? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the if you think about it, Facebook creates a link, a virtual life, and then the connection to people that you – Probably shouldn't have connection to in, in many cases, so you get into a relationship that's not going well, and snap, snap, snap. All of a sudden, you leave your Facebook page open or whatever, and the ex or you soon to be ex finds it. <laughs> Uncomfortable situation. Anything that we need to talk about, you and I? Um, questions lately on uh, Roth 401k versus IRA. Should I buy Twitter? Should I buy Twitter? No comment. Do you know how many people came up to me at TV and asked if they should buy Twitter? I would probably say, and t- at Cron, everyone. An egregious amount. Because people in media are very avid users of Twitter. It's such an easy way to organize your feeds and everything else that I can see what uh, why they would want to invest in it. But I'm like, do you remember Facebook? Just Yeah, just look at Facebook and how when the lockup exper- periods expired. Yeah. How that acted. This is what 180 day lockup for most employee for employees. With that said, sometimes 90 uh, for insiders. Um, with that said, though, this the float is different. This is a much smaller float. Facebook 15%. had a huge float. It was still small enough though that it wouldn't. It wasn't uh, going to be involved in a lot of ETFs, that technology ETFs, because the float was Twitter. Too small. Twitter definitely, but yeah. Facebook still like XLK and all this, some of the other ETFs. Twitter on their roadshow, they said we're not going to put our shares in the hands of hedge funds because we're not trying to be the money maker for people. We're trying to be a great tech company. Yep. 
Very smart. I think the, um, right around here, the stock becomes interesting if you're speculative. Yeah. It's not interesting if you're a grandmother. It's not interesting if you have milk money. Well, if you buy it here, you have to realize that you could face a very Facebook-like situation where it could cut in half based on valuations and lockup periods and everything else. It's a five-year-plus play. Absolutely. And it's an international stock, in my opinion, if three-quarters of the users are outside of the U.S. That's amazing. Yes. And kids are using it. Kids are using less Facebook, more Twitter these days. Yeah, but that, that one scares me a little bit because one thing that I will never invest in is anything that has to do with teenage retail. Really? On clothing. Abercrombie and Fitch, because they could do well for two years and then be the worst place to ever shop for a kid. They're very fickle. Hot topic. They change very quickly. Yeah, they do. So, so it's... Yeah. Let's talk Roth conversion, whatever you, what were you going to bring up? Well, I, I mean, one thing that's, I think, pretty certain is that we're going to face higher taxes in the future. Okay. Um, especially any kind of an implementation of Affordable Care you're Act talking, or a better version of it. You're talking everyone? you talking Generation X? Everyone. Okay. Everyone. Um... And part of it is because the type of budgetary issues that are really fading the economy in the long run are some of the things like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And we're putting a whole bunch of people on Medicare and Medicaid. Yep. That's 55% of the budget, right? So you can't cut those costs. You have to maybe freeze them, change Social Security. We have a huge aging population. It tells me the taxes are going to go up. So I would encourage younger people to really make sure that if, if – Here's the best option. If you're eligible for a Roth IRA, you put enough money into the 401k on the pre-tax side to get the match, and then the next 5500 that you can save, put into a Roth IRA. And then if you can continue to save over and above that, go back to the 401k and max out the Roth 401k side. Give up on a little bit of a tax break now if you're under a 25% marginal bracket and younger, under the age of 40, in order to create a large tax-free account in the future. So I think that that's, that's something I think that... Uh, when are politicians going to stop screwing me and start treating me like an old person and want my vote and not tax me? Hmm. Doesn't it feel like Generation mm. X is really... Generation X is not in a very good spot. It's like, I'm going to be getting close to Social Security, I'm going to be getting close to Social Security, and they're going to raise the AJ Social Security on me. Yeah, and it needs to be raised to 70 right now. Oh. But look at Sweden. I was just talking to I don't a, want to work a client that that is from Sweden, and you know they phased out of the, the. Everybody thinks of Sweden as having this, you know, retirement pension plan when everybody retires. They don't have that anymore. They phased it out. What do they do? Just kill the old people? No, they have a mandatory contribution oh. to a retirement plan. New Zealand does that too, called the Kiwi Saver. Yep. Australia does it. Um, Chile. 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 Really? Yep. Mm. We need to do it here. Social Security's not going to work the way it is. Yeah, I remember at one point in time, Hillary Clinton, when she was running for president, said that she'd make mandatory savings in 401k. Yep. I was like, I'll vote for that. Like, that's the only thing I'll vote for. Republican, Democrat, Tea Party, I'd vote for that. I, you know, I know. Fiscal conservative. That's what I would vote for. Find me online at robblack.com. You can find chadnewfocusfinancial.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Still big delays for the Bay Bridge this morning in the Bay Area. Update brought to you by Garmin. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Bring in CFP Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. Hi, Chad. Good. Good, good, good. What's happened in the world of financial planning? 
Well, people need to actually start calling their CPAs today to get a meeting before the year end. Really? Yeah. Yep. CPAs being public accountant? Yeah, or enrolled agents. I mean, there's some good enrolled agents that do tax returns that aren't CPAs necessarily, but it's it, you know people always visit their CPAs the year after, and the CPA will say, well, if you would have done this, you could have done this, you should have done this. They don't. If you want that proactive meeting where you're getting them to run models and things like that, you need to go see them now, especially high-income earners, because you've got this new Affordable Care Act tax, the 3.8% tax that kicks in over 250000 So if you're making with your employer, if you're lucky enough to make over 250, the employer knows to withhold the 3.8%, right? Right. But if you have a married couple, one makes two and the other one makes 90. Yeah. And you're over that limit. Neither employer knows, and so a lot of people are under withholding. Now's the point where we send out realized gain loss reports for the year, preliminaries to clients, so they so we can get it to the CPAs, do tax planning, any wash or any uh, harvest of losses, things like that. Try to lower your tax bill before the end of the year instead of after the end of the year. I got an email from someone yesterday saying that her and her husband's pretty complicated taxes, not too much. They've got a rental with some depreciation in it. They already know the depreciation schedule. Should I pay my accountant $1,200 to file my taxes? It's always kind of a damnation game, isn't it? Yeah. If all you have is a rental property and a normal W-2 wages, yeah. $1,200 is probably too much. Right. Unless that rental property is held in an LLC, which is its own tax return. A lot of people love this idea of jumping out and getting an LLC. Then they try to refinance a property, and <laughs> it's an issue. They realize they have to pay 850 bucks to the state of California. That's a new big thing, too, Rob, is a lot of people go and get Nevada or Delaware LLCs to hold their rental properties, yeah. and you can't avoid anymore that $850 filing fee in the state of California for doing business here. It's interesting to note that because there's a lot of radio shows and television shows that are like, you should get real estate, and you should put it in an LLC, and if you use my system, you can make millions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are the same guys that were teaching how to do all this rental property with no money down, negative cash flow in 2006. They just came back with a different twist on their seminars, right? Yep. So what else do we need to know in the world of financial planning? We've got about two, three minutes left. Two, three minutes in the world of financial planning. Yeah. Uh, here's a question for you. What's the biggest mutual fund in the world? Mm, Vanguard something. Yes, Vanguard Total Return now beats Bill Gross's. Or, I'm sorry, Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund now beats Bill Gross's. Total return fund. Bill Gross, he's not working for me anymore. Well, I really don't like large bond funds that are well-known by retail investors. Because those are the ones where they run for the hills. I mean, he lost, what, like $35 billion of assets? Yeah. When after the interest rates moved, so people sold after the effect. Now, what's interesting, you're, you're seeing this huge flow out of bond funds, and only about a third of that is going into stock funds. So you still haven't seen a great rotation into stock funds. And people get worried about what's going on out there. Can we push through this? The market's at an all-time high. If we had a situation where we had a redo of our 77,000-page tax code, that's a total joke. I mean, the way that things are calculated, like how you calculate how much your Social Security is taxed when you try, is such a joke. It makes me look smart because I know the code, but it's ridiculous. If we have a a new tax system, like more of a, a flat tax or simplified tax code, you know, this could take a lot of uncertainty out of corporations. It could bring money back into the U.S. that's held billions and billions of dollars overseas, and we could be in for another really good bull market run if those things happen. Not going to happen. I think it will. You think we're going to revamp the tax code in our lifetime? Yes, because there's got to be some sort of an incentive to get that cash back over to the U.S. Okay. And if that's the case, if that happens, I'm investing aggressively in small and mid-cap stocks. Why? 
because all of that money that would come back would have to go somewhere, and a lot of it would be M&A. Okay. M&A and also like manufacturing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, you think... Why hasn't happened yet? When you see a company like Apple, because $150 billion. Because of the uncertainty. Okay. They're uncertain. They, Congress, politics right now is hindering so much because of the uncertainty, because they're in the game too much with the Federal Reserve buying so many bonds. You remember the last time Bush did the tax amnesty thing where you were able to repatriate it? Supposedly, uh, corporations just hose the system and put it all back into buybacks and never really put the money back into the economy. Well, that's one reason why you're seeing earnings per share go up at a nice clip is because of buybacks. It's still happening because of what the Fed's doing. So far, all of that money hasn't flowed back into the general system to create jobs. Companies are using that cheap money to do buybacks, which makes investors' earnings per share look better and their stock prices go up. But banks are still sitting on the funds. I mean, money is starting to lend. If you talk to anybody that's in commercial lending, uh, small business lending, things like that, it's starting to go. It's, it's starting to happen. It's not like things are just dead in the water and not happening. It's just a... The jobs that are being created right now, a lot of part-time. So how many perfect polys should I put you down for for Christmas? Oh, man. See, I've got... Everyone in the office? So my house in Vail, my... You have a house in Vail? No, I don't. Uh, just put me down for um, 10, but take the one away from the number in the front. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're ridiculous. I was going to use a different word, but politically incorrect. Yeah. You already hit the, heard the cancel button hit once. <laughs> Oh, we got out a minute. Are you going to plug yourself? Uh, Which is, by the way, illegal in some states. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I guess listen to both of us again on the 1 o'clock show. Are you going to do it with me today or what? Do you want me to? Yeah, let's just get it over with. Okay. Yep. So CFP Chad Burton's doing his new Focus on Wealth show from 1 to 2 today. We're going to record it so it won't be live. But if you want to call in, you can call in the next hour and you can pretend you're live on the show. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, last event of the year last night went pretty well. How qualified was that room? Like, do you feel people are ready for retirement, or do you feel people are not ready for retirement? Well, when, you, when you do an event like that, which was... You know, I think people, once they get close to retirement, realize that, you know, if you're having to pull more than 4% of your portfolio to live, you're in trouble. So 4% of a million bucks, 40 grand a year, growing each year with inflation. You need a lot of money to retire these days because you live so much longer than your parents did. With that said, you can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. His show is here live on KDRW. It's the number one show from 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. It's New Focus on Wealth. It's New Focus on Wealth. You can find me online, YouTube and Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube and Twitter, Rob Black Show. Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Do you have student loans? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.